yeah. two, yeah. ready? Yeah. Inspiring teachers, Inspiring teachers. that's our how-to. How to. You're listening to Value Adds Value. Inspiring teachers, that's, that's our how-to. You're listening to Value Adds Value. Okay, we'll do that again, and this time I'll dub it. That time I accidentally took it the second it. time around. But you can take it the second time around, and I'll dub over the Okay, here. you wanna do that? Yeah, we'll okay, do okay, that. okay. Alright, get her out here again. Ready? And hey. inspiring teachers. That's our how to. You're listening to value adds value. Inspiring teachers. Inspiring teachers. That's our how to. That's our how to. You're listening to value adds value. Get it. Go. Value. Value adds value. Now can I just chop it off the dome? Value adds value. We add value to add value. No matter what you do. Let it value, it appreciates, never depreciate. Everything you do, you're gonna appreciate. Cause I'm here with my boy, Mr. B. Freestyling, that's what I used to be. That's what I still do, that's what I feel good. Everybody know, that's what we still get. Why we still get, that's the reason why we teach. Even though I like to be chilling on the beach, there's some kids in class that I really gotta reach. I gotta give them what they want, but really what they need. They need to learn how to write and also how to read. Cause I know they're gonna be kings and queens. So we need to help them and that's what we about to. You're listening to Value Adds Value. Inspiring teachers, yep. that's the how to. Value Adds Value. Inspiring teachers, Inspiring teachers. that's a how to. You're listening to value adds value. Inspiring teachers, Inspiring teachers. that's a how-to. How to. You're listening to value adds value. Inspiring teachers, Inspiring teachers. That's, a how to. that's a how-to. You're listening to value adds value. Welcome to the Value Adds Value podcast. My name is Kyle Krieger. This is episode six, which is awesome. And I'm joined by my guy, Wilkie Law, this evening. Will, what's good? What's going on? What's going on, man? Excited to be here again. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm recalling I, I went back to the podcast we recorded with our guest. Uh would have been sometime last I don't even know, spring, mm-hmm. summer. And I and I re- recall having one question that we asked and it spawned <laughs> the entire conversation. We had this whole list of questions, but uh now she's in a new position and we're excited to have her back. Lindsay Pelic. Lindsay, how are you? Hey everybody, I'm great. How are you? It's such an honor and a pleasure to be here with you again. Yeah. Our honor. Our honor. You know, and and I wish I could say that it's not going to come out, but I, I I I think we're both kids say we're excited to see you only in like 2 weeks in Atlanta because we will yes. be in Atlanta for yes. teacher heart out. So yes. when this comes out, we will already have been in Atlanta, but Oh, great. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, but we're excited to have you back on, hear about your new position with Nearpod. So could you just give us an update on uh, uh, what you're currently doing in the education space? Sure. So I'm so fortunate to be um, a senior curriculum specialist with Nearpod. And what that means is I get to focus on and geek out about content and curriculum through really amazing um, tech platform that is Nearpod every day. So I work with our internal content team, but then the bulk of my work is out in the field, schools, districts, teachers, administrators, um, helping them identify where there's real gaps and needs either in their technology landscape, um, because we all know technology can be a blessing or it can 
turn to a curse or waste. Um, that's what we don't want to happen at Nearpod. And then also, as we've expanded as a company in the last one to two years, we've really taken a deep dive into content beyond just our platform functions. And so that's really what I'm here for, to work with administrators to see um, how are they actively meeting um, initiatives in their district and national initiatives on things like digital citizenship, social emotional learning, um, college and career exploration, historical perspectives and ethnic studies, big concepts like that, that, mm -hmm. that require extensive curriculum and we as a nation are not providing those types of resources for our teachers. Um, and, and then also even just in their typical subject area curricular maps. So how could we leverage powerful technology that is our um, content that's created that's standards aligned and based on best practices in order to um, really help fill those gaps, those anemic spaces in their school and district curriculum. Mm. Mm. Wow, that's interesting because I'm not super familiar with Nearpod, so I was super excited. To, I just dove into a little bit this week leading up to our conversation, and it looks like a super like interesting platform. But to hear you say that it's especially the work you do have, you know, that since we know you, like to hear that you're in charge of curriculum and it's really a curriculum-based technology is is really cool to hear. So, so to help our uh, listeners get to know you a little better, could you tell a story of of maybe why you got into the education? Or, uh, a story from your career that expresses why you got into the profession. So reflecting on moments in the classroom that really sum yeah. up what, um, oh gosh, there's so many. I mean, I, I think back because I've taught many grades, K through four in all different types of schools. I have lots of little moments that are big moments. Think about students who were coming to school with so much uh, on their backs, you know, from the weekend, um, things they lacked at home that they really needed, whether it was just care or whether it was actual need, food, a, a place that was safe for them to stay. Um, and then kids who were just struggling socially, emotionally, or academically. And, you know, I think, first of all, I just love learning. I'm a lifelong learner. I, that's, that's what I love doing and to be able to share that and try to foster that. But really, I think as I've thought more about this over the years and even now that I'm out of the classroom, I love closing opportunity gaps. I love bringing equitable access to an amazing education, no matter where you live, what zip code you're in, what kind of home you're coming from. And it's those experiences where I've, you know, seen such potential in a student that maybe had everything stacked against them and where I thought this is my mission to make an impact, a positive impact on that student's life because when they're at school, that may be the only place that they're getting that um, or just helping them see the best in themselves to, to become what I saw that they, that the potential that they had. And so I'm always working towards that. And actually at Nearpod, that's a huge part of what we do is to really close that opportunity gap and bring the world into the classroom, bring every opportunity to every student, every learner across the country. Wow. So like opportunity gap is something that I guess for me, I've 
only started to hear over the last couple of years. I mean, I, I've heard it called equity gap. So when you say opportunity gap, what, what do you mean by that? Or, or what does that mean to you? Well, that can mean a lot of things. Um, it can mean um, something, for example, and I'm, I'm going to use an example related to Nearpod just so that it, the content and, and, and the point I'm trying to make ties all together with everything we're going to talk about tonight. We have a college and career exploration curriculum that um, spans K through 12. We want students to start thinking about going to college, whether it's trade school or um, you know, a traditional four-year university. And we want them to be thinking about career aspirations from the time they're young. And we want them to have access to every, touring every type of college, every type of schooling, um, you know, post-secondary schooling. We want them to be exposed to every type of career, again, from trades to the arts to STEM to whatever it might be. And we know that many, many students out there, they may have a very small sphere of different types of jobs and careers that they're exposed to in their daily life. They may know not a single person that has a college degree, but we don't want that situation that they're in to limit what their possibilities are. So that's where technology, when you have technology in a district already, that's where if it's used properly, you can really bring that world into their classroom. You can expose them to experiences and places and opportunities that they might never otherwise be exposed to. So that's a very specific example. Um, but then also in bringing them, in bringing the world to the classroom through like, for example, our historical perspectives, we specifically feature um, and highlight the untold narratives of underrepresented people and populations that are typically left out of American history textbooks. Um, we want every student to see themselves in what they're learning and we want them to experience that, again, no matter where they live, um, what their ethnicity might be, and um, you know, what type of school, large, small, um, no matter what all of those external factors are, we know that technology is in, in some form in every school. You know, think about no matter where you're at. Sometimes because of funding, there's actually quite a bit of technology in some of our neediest schools, but where that falls short is that it's not being leveraged properly because technology is a lot to manage. And how do you know what the right type of tech is to bring into your classroom? And so we work on trying to leverage that to close those opportunity gaps for students so that, um, again, just bringing the highest quality content to every learner and being able to leverage something powerful like really amazing curriculum and content as well as really powerful technology in a way that can help assist them in their learning, can help differentiate their learning so that maybe they're struggling in an area. That's another way you can close an opportunity gap is, okay, just because a student is struggling doesn't mean we give up. That's where differentiation and, and all sorts of you know, reference media and help tools Get them where they need to be to close that achievement gap by bringing different opportunities to them, different tools that can be leveraged. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, it's interesting when you say that, when you started talking about the opportunity um, that some people don't, don't ever get to see or get to uh, visualize, I thought about um, the opera singer, uh, Ryan Speedo Green. He was an opera singer and he was a juvenile delinquent, had dropped out of school and been kicked out of school so many times. And just because at one moment in a high school, 
they exposed him to people singing opera, <clears throat> that it changed his entire, the tra whole trajectory of his life. He went from being a juvenile delinquent, right. you know, to being now he's one of the top opera singers, you know, right now that's performing. And he would have never gotten Manhattan if he hadn't had the opportunity to see someone else do it. And I think the, the, the story goes that he watched, they took him to see a performance of Carmen, uh, the hip hop, hip hopper, or whatever, and um, that seeing African Americans on stage singing opera, he knew he could sing. You know, I'm sure he. You know, we all sung in the shower. We all, and we all know. Okay, we well, we know if we have a voice or if we don't. But I'm sure he had experimented with that at that point. But because he had never seen it, he had never had the opportunity to see that it is a possibility to do this. He, he, he never chose it until he saw it, and then boom, it took off. So. And I, you know, I love Nearpod. What you all are doing over there is amazing. I, I'm trying to integrate it in my classroom now. Um, we have our technology specialist who's training us right now uh, on the ins and outs of it. So, uh, you know, I may be maybe hitting you up to kind of pick your brain a little bit more to try to figure out how we can get that, you know, more integrated. Because I think it's a big deal. My classroom went from me standing in front of the stage teaching to me putting assignments online because that's kind of how things are going even in higher ed is a lot of online work that I'm working with the kids and when I saw Nearpod I said to myself this is amazing that I can control what they're seeing how long they're seeing it and make them to kind of do it because that's the fear I teach math right. so one of the fears is how do you how do you integrate tech in a in a subject that uh is so pencil and paper dominant such as mathematics you know yeah. I've seen this in a way that's not gratuitous and it doesn't take away from the rigor of your instruction mm -hmm. you know what we want to do and this is also about bringing the best learning experience to every student and closing that opportunity gap is to bring engagement through these the simple you know the simple but powerful tools that are part of our platform to every student so that even if you know they don't come from a home where education is highly pushed or they you know have not grown up playing educational games and don't go, they go home and they're helping take care of their siblings or they're working on a farm or, you know, whatever it might be that they um, are engaged, even if school's not their favorite place to be. I mean, honestly, any kid, even your best students, if they're given the option, they're pro they would probably choose to do something else, right? You Absolutely. know, we live in a time that's really an engagement crisis because mm. in every facet of these children's lives they are exposed to every type of technology multiple devices a day they're inundated with social media multimedia and then teachers lucky teachers get to have them in their classroom all day long when they when they would rather probably be doing something else and so we have to we have to compete with that in a way that can tap into every learner and 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 reach them so that they're engaged and so that the teacher can work his or her magic um because we really believe ultimately the power is within the teacher we just see the technology as the conduit to help tap into those students so that the teacher can can do what they're experts at right and you know it's funny because we were talking about this before um about how sometimes technology becomes the the, the nanny in the classroom Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think that teachers have to be taught to use the tech properly. You know, that's why, you know, my full goal is to be fully uh, paperless next year uh, in my classroom. I, I want to go to an all digital platform. 
And Nearpod is one of those platforms that I'm saying, hey, I gotta get in on this because I see it. I mean, we do it in our staff meetings. My principal uses it with us. So, you know, I'm saying it and I'm like, this is super cool, you know? And so, but instead of me just jumping in there, just doing it and then losing the connection with the kids, I'm taking the time to say, let me learn the platform. Let me see how it works. Let me see how, how I go through the creation process so I can know what the kids are going to be doing and how they're going to do it. And I think that learning curve with teachers mm-hmm. is what keeps a lot of teachers from integrating that tech and doing those type of things because they don't want to take that time to learn something new in order to enhance the kids. Yeah, and that's one reason why we um, originally, back in 2012 when Nearpod started, we were just the tools. We were just the, the platform and the engagement tools, which is great. But then we heard a combination of what you're saying, um, that there's an intimidation factor there, there's a huge time factor. Even the most tech geeky, like early adopting teacher doesn't have time necessarily to completely nearpodize, that's what we call it, to nearpodize their existing lessons. Um, and then even if you do, you know teachers, they get shifted into a different grade level, they teach a different subject all of a sudden, so um, cry on the nation and they said we need some grab and go content and administrators were of course like we need it to be vetted and quality and standards aligned and best practices based and so now just a few years so that a tech reluctant teacher or I like to say you might be a teacher that's super techie but maybe you're lacking on the content side because you don't have as much experience or you've just shifted to a new grade where you you're having to learn that curriculum from scratch um, and it might be a very different grade level than what you have been used to that's where that really um, comes into play as hey that's okay you're teaching this standard search grab it it's a good way to dip your toe in the water and rest assured that what you're teaching is quality without you having to try to be pulling content and reference media from 20 different tabs. Cause that's how I was essentially as a teacher trying to create what Nearpod figured out, except I would create a web, a web page, a Weebly for every single unit. And I would be pulling in video, audio, primary sources, Google forms, all of those thing, tools, but I either had 29,000 tabs open, you know, during the lesson, which that's, that's the best we had, right? That's the best I had. Um, and it took a lot of time. And it's not reasonable to think that's scalable for even a single teacher, let alone a team, let alone a school, let alone a district. And that's what they've done so beautifully. And, and now they just continue to expand our, our tools are always expanding and improving, but really in this area of content, both from our, our grab, and glow, grab and go learning um, lesson library, where it's more standards-based by subject, it's K mm-hmm. through 12, and then also these deeper, richer dives into curriculum with um, the, the topics that I mentioned previously, like digital citizenship, social emotional learning, um, support for English learners, and, and, and several others that we have. So I, while you were talking, I was just thinking back to my experience because, you know, I'm a Wisconsin born and bred kid and my first job is in Houston teaching seventh grade Texas history, like a full year of nothing but Texas. So say, <laughs> say, say in 2019, like this fall, I was starting with that, those same parameters. 
how would you advise a teacher like myself to use Nearpod to, like you said, to kind of close that gap? Because I was literally like the night before flipping through like the textbook pages to read ahead to learn because I don't know if you know this, Will, but they don't teach Texas history everywhere across the country. They should. <laughs> they should. <laughs> well, a good point because honestly part of the gap we always work to close is that gap in equity and and just opportunity for teachers as well so like um I would suggest in your specific scenario actually would be to leverage the lesson library of nearpod for some of the less texas specific like that's something you're you're going to have to pour into right when certain in every district, there's going to be those that are really specific to what you're doing, or um, you, they're requiring that you utilize an existing curriculum or something they've adopted that you, that's new to you that you have to learn. And so, part of what we believe is parts of your day or your other classes you have, or if you teach multiple subjects, like utilize the grab and go lessons from Nearpod for those. So that if you have something that's really requiring a lot of your time, whether it's that you just have a tough class that, that needs more differentiation than you've ever done before, or mm -hmm. it, behaviorally, it's a rough year in your class, or like you're saying, you have something really specific, like Texas history for a certain amount of your periods that are coming through middle school or whatever it might be, um, a, a new adopted curriculum in your district. So you can spend time diving into whatever it is that's something that requires more effort and commitment. And then those other lessons where you're like, hey, I just need something fresh or mm -hmm. um, it's Sunday, I didn't prep as much, you know, as I, as I probably should have. I don't love my math lesson for fractions, but I don't have time to make one for scratch. Let me see what standards line that's gonna meet that strand that I know I can trust and that's gonna, because what I have to spend my time on at 10 o'clock p.m. on Sunday is, you know, tightening up this Texas history lesson or I have an IEP meeting in the morning and I need to prep for that. Like we want to take those things off your plate that you can get off your plate so that you can focus on what you really need to solely focus on. Yeah, and what I've seen, like I've watched some teachers use it in their classroom and they use it strictly as an exploratory engagement. Mm -hmm. which is awesome because before I even, I can go and see how much do you know of something real, watch the teacher do it on, the, on his, on his uh, iPad and control every single Chromebook in his classroom. Yep. And, you know, as I'm watching him teach that way and having the kids and his responses on the board in real time, yeah. And it was a real, to me, it was an eye-opener to say this is, there's so many different levels for, I mean, he had gone so far to where he had created his own lessons in Nearpod, where he had taken all of his mm -hmm. other, you know, PowerPoints that he had used maybe and integrated it into Nearpod and did a bunch of different things. And that really, um, to me, again, like you said, that, that speaks to that time factor of what you, mm -hmm. do teachers have that time. But once you find that you can use it, you can really kind of, get yourself in that situation and and make it make it your own really right well right and that's a perfect example because i'll be in districts a lot of times where maybe they have traditional textbooks that they have just invested you know a lot of time and money into purchasing and nothing wrong with that 
But that pre-assessment and post-assessment piece, the getting just those tidbits of formative feedback in the moment so that you can pivot on a dime if you need to. I've seen um, teachers in schools where that's solely what they use it for because they have something else that they're required to use that maybe mm -hmm. fits their needs, but it's lacking on um, the truly engaging digital side of getting those tidbits of feedback either before, during, or after their lessons. And so that's another great way you can weave it in. And instead of taking hours of your time manually grading a quick quiz or reading everything on a poll, you're getting it instantly. And you can spend your time analyzing the results, uh, not only in the moment to like, whoa, we need to, <laughs> we're not getting it. Like we. <laughs> back or you guys already know this I can jump ahead in my lesson mm -hmm. but to be able to go back and, and look at it and instead of spending all your time in the physical manual grading or reviewing you can spend it analyzing to make better data-informed instructional decisions which we know is what's best for kids yeah and I think too and the other thing I was gonna ask you about too is you know as a as a, especially as a new teacher, but even as a growing teacher, Will could attest to this. My biggest struggle was, you know, organization of materials, getting things graded on time, and then getting them back to kids, and then going to that next level, like you said, of using it to really learn and give your kids real feedback. And it just sounds like to me that that's exactly the kind of platform that someone who is very, um, organizationally um ob ob i'm not gonna say challenge i'm gonna say obtuse or um <laughs> i i don't fit well into organization generally speaking uh, but it's it you know it's it's something i'm working on and to go with that like my biggest challenge was just clutter like mm -hmm. i i really had a problem with clutter and and i think a platform like this would really someone like myself and I know I'm probably not the only one out there could really benefit from that. Um, it's funny because when I present, I always, you know, talk about just on our quiz feature, for example, um, you know, I, I make a joke saying what this helps prevent is that you administer not anything super in depth. It's, it's multiple choice, even though it's more summative, it's really just, snapshot right so that you can prepare for a, a bigger type of response for your students so then you put it in your teacher bag right <laughs> carry it out put it in your car maybe it comes inside maybe it doesn't depending on how you feel after your commute home even if it comes inside three plus days later maybe you're getting it graded and you've got all this other stuff going on in your class by that point and that's not the fault of the teacher it's just there's not enough hours in the day there just aren't even, and I don't mean just the school day. I mean, in the 24 hour day of, of what teachers are doing and then they get home and they have families of their own. By the time it gets back to the students, misconceptions have solidified. You've missed the teachable moment mm -hmm. and you've probably just been trying to get those graded and not really been able to, because making a plan around those results is a whole nother level, right? That's a whole nother chunk of time. And so, we want you to be able to be collecting all of those tidbits of like polls, quizzes, open-ended responses, draw it where you can, kids can annotate. You're seeing it in real time. It's there for you to go back to if you need to dive deeper. 
or if you need to use it for parent-teacher conferences or an IEP meeting or whatever it might be. But because you've seen it in real time, you've had discussion about it, it as practitioners and experts, the teachers are, when you're able to get that, it's super powerful because then you're you can tap into in the moment what you're really best at, which is responding right. to what your kids need. But we're not able to do that so often, not because we don't have the ability, but because we don't have the tools and we're bogged down <sighs> with everything. And paper is clutter, you oh. know, and I'm not saying that everybody has to go paperless, but if you can take moments that first of all are more engaging when they're not on paper and more effective, do it. So that when you have those other times where you need something written or created, you know, we, we fully support that. We have built into many of our lessons, project-based learning mm -hmm. prompts and opportunities where we, we want kids doing projects. We have devices down moments. We want students activating their communication and collaboration skills from the 21st century learning skills. We, we don't just want their heads and devices all the time. Um, but again, it's about that prioritization. Where can you take what you're doing and make it digital so that it's most engaging for students and effective for you as the teacher so that you can focus project time where it needs to be or something that's more extensive and written where, where it's supposed to be. And so, again, that's where we're hoping to help balance that equation for teachers. And I can, th I can say from my experience with with the platform like i say I'm, I'm i'm straight novice level like straight novice um enthusiast but a novice um it is um it, it helps the teacher maximize the time that they have with the student and really kind of churn out the best uh learning in that moment because again mathematics i can't say i will never use paper whatsoever because i need to see your pencil and paper work that justifies right. what you've done. But there are some, some, some basic fundamental things that I can actually, that I can, I don't have to literally bore you with my voice of doing it. Mm -hmm. I can walk you through this platform and let you engage with it. You know, like one of the things I like to do for my kids is have them do lessons where they teach themselves. Well, I provide them with all the tools. This is what I need you to do. This is, these are the questions you need to be able to answer. And this is what you need to do when you're done. Go for it. And I just literally walk around and kind of facilitate where there is struggle sure. that I can kind of help them go through. The kids love it, hands down. When I pulled it at the end of it, how do you love this lesson? I like this better than you standing in front of the class. <laughs> I don't take offense to that. You know what I mean? Because again, I'm not that, like I tell my kids, I'm not that narcissistic to think that you have to listen to my voice all the time. Right. I want you to get the learning. It's the learning that, it's not me, it's the learning. And if I can get you to engage with the learning and grapple with the learning, you'll trust me in the process because anytime you're going through anything, you're going to trust the people that are around you. Right. You start paying attention to the people who are helping me, the people who are giving me those little tidbits. And Nearpod is a platform that gives the teacher that time to be able to to walk around and in real time see where a student struggles, move other kids on and stay with one. Yep. Yep. You know well, what I mean? As Matt, for an example, like I love our draw it feature because you could have students model their math thinking or show mm -hmm. their math models and everybody's submitting them. Instead of having what I like to call pop tarts, their hands are always popping up and you have maybe one or two kids that come up to the interactive whiteboard mm -hmm. and show their work. 
and the kids who are maybe they know the answer but they're crock pots they need to simmer for a while right they're intimidated to come up or can you tell i'm hungry <laughs> or those kids that are completely disengaged you don't even know what they're thinking about now you are getting a hundred percent participation and because you can hide student names mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and show exemplars or you can pull up something that's a common mistake and no one's embarrassed you're able to use it to help not only that kid but everybody else and then i i love to follow that up with an open-ended response so okay you showed your math modeling now explain it and we know and it's just a great way for them to do that where you're seeing it in real time whereas you know i think back to normally i would be having them do that then i would try to collect everything because I can't see everybody's math modeling all at once when it's on paper or even on a whiteboard. Then I've got to have them go do something else where they're writing it out. And it's, it, it really turns into this laborious drawn out process versus in the moment. It's, and it's really powerful. Um, by the way, since you love math, um, did you know we just partnered with Desmos? No. Yes, you can now add. I know! Wow. You can now add Desmos to Ethan with a click of a button. And then we've taken Desmos tech and we've built some lessons around it. So like, for example, slope, we have Desmos slope integrated, but then we have content and lesson around it, as well as we've pulled in virtual reality of slope in an example of skiing down a mountain so that the kids are getting that real world connection, getting them talking, pulling the Desmos, You've got rich content that's been created. So it's, we're super, anytime there's a math teacher and you say Desmos, it's like their head explodes. <laughs> and especially since I just got into the space of middle school and I know a lot of um, what Desmos deals with is with the graphing and that's like I say, that's elementary minded. I wasn't there, but going into the middle school realm of teaching this year, that is, and that, as soon as you mentioned it, I was like, yep, I remember just sitting in the training. You know, a big shout out to our tech guys because they do do a great job of introducing us to things and walking us through it to kind of show us. And that's why I really love what they're doing with the Nearpod and how they're slowly integrating it to these campuses. And I can say my thing is I, I'm, the, I'm the guinea pig that always says, hey, I'll try anything. You know, let me try it. Let me try to engage the kids with it. Because again, you never should stop learning. And I think Nearpod is one of those things that once, t once a teacher tries it, and they mm -hmm. truly wholeheartedly do it. You can't, you can't want to go back to putting up a PowerPoint slideshow or doing right. a whiteboard lesson. Like you just can't want to. I, I, I know I can. All of those hours, countless hours, and that you put into those, it's like, well, just pull those existing tried and true lessons in and give them new life mm -hmm. by just inserting some of the tools to. to, to now transform it into a completely different type of lesson but with without wasting without wasting and and by honoring what you've already created in the past yep and you're not getting rid right you're not getting rid you're not starting from scratch you're not reinventing the wheel you're yeah. just putting some new rims on it and some fat yeah. tires. right <laughs> and the the other thing i really liked about what i read about nearpod is that you're you're big on giving students voice and ownership in their learning so could you just expand on that kind of to wrap the whole thing up? Sure, I mean, I think, and as people explore, they'll see, because there's such a variety of 
different ways they can respond. You know, I'm terrible at multiple choice. I would rather write a 12 page essay by hand. But <laughs> I second guess myself, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not good at that type of mm-hmm. a situation. Um, but because there's so many different formats of feedback that they can give, whether it's something that, like our Collaborate board, which is, if you've ever used Padlet, it's similar. Um, it's basically a virtual sticky, sticky note board, um, but students can feel really safe and open to contribute questions, answers, thoughts, because we can make it anonymous for the student view. Um, and then like that, for example, is set up, um, that feature set up much like social media where they can like other posts that resonate with them. They can submit a text response or Google image safe search is built right within so they can express themselves by inserting an image if that works best for them. Um, the ability to annotate on top of whatever the draw it might be. You know, many students are more visual or tactile and able the ability to express themselves in that way is really powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, our polling feature is really nice because whether it's a poll about an answer or it's something that's a more sensitive topic and you're trying to elicit real discussion that's productive or productive discourse if it's it's something where people might have differing opinions they can submit again their thoughts anonymously and then see how their responses compare to the rest of the class mm-hmm. um and so just there's so many different other features we have that just let students show what they know in so many different ways that the teacher's getting a much more whole child viewpoint of like, what is their voice? There's some kids that teachers find, you know, have been performing really maybe very poorly. And all of a sudden they have these different types of tools that they can use to express themselves. And they realize the kids understand it. They just haven't been able to express they haven't been able to have their voice their way that they're able to really have that voice and that over their learning is it's put into the hands of every so we have um FET simulation um FET's based out of the University of Colorado and they have amazing math and science simulations again historically you'll see this and they're great simulations you'll see it up on an interactive whiteboard right those Pop-Tarts are the ones that come up or you call a student up and they're nervous, you know, and so um, you're not really getting to see the full spectrum of instead every student being able to, even in a teacher paced lesson mode where I'm syncing the devices for those moments of exploration, the students have ownership over that learning, over their exploration. They are able to invisibly differentiate because we have reference media where listen to an audio recording or see a video to help explain something. And they're in charge of that instead of the teacher playing a video once and moving on mm-hmm. and then not being able to leverage that. And then finally, I would say with our content. So for the students to be able to see themselves in what they're learning, whether it's a social emotional learning lesson or something from um, our historical perspectives offering where they may have never seen um, someone of their culture and ethnicity featured as a war hero historically before. And so they're relating to it and they're seeing themselves and they're learning. And so it gives them new voice because there's an entire strand of, of lessons having polls and opportunities to express themselves. And it's completely centered around like 
and they may have never had that opportunity before in a traditional thing. Right. Mm. Mm. All right, Will, you got uh, any last minute questions things before, um, before we let Lindsay well, go for the evening? Well, I do want to say I was at our, our math, our science night, and I actually won a set, a, a set of six of your near, the Nearpod VR goggles. Mm -hmm. And so for a mathematics teacher, how would I, do they, are there lessons that I can integrate with the, um, the, uh, with, with, you know, with mathematics within, with using the VR goggles? Oh, absolutely. So um, I would say, again, it's that real world connection. So, and the ability to leverage technology to bring the world into the classroom. So you could do that in a couple of ways, three ways, actually. I just mentioned Desmos and we have lessons built around um, key concepts mathematically that integrate both Desmos and our VR into ready to go lessons. We also have, um, we have access to within our platform over 350,000 virtual reality field trips. And then for about 400 of those field trips, we've built lessons around them, many of which are math. So again, it's, it's, there are some lessons that have content already to go, mm -hmm. um, but that are pulling in virtual reality field trips in a way to help um, illustrate the math concept that you're gonna teach more technically by right. giving them that real world experience. And then I would say, if you have existing math lessons, bring them into Nearpod and you yourself be thinking, okay, I'm teaching whatever the concept might be. I'm gonna click add a field trip and right within the platform, you can search for a real world example. Got it. And we're going into geometry. So I'm gonna really do that. I'll make sure I take pictures and I'll tag you in it. Yes. So that you yes. can see them on Instagram. So I'm, ex I'm excited. Like I say, I'm, I'm excited to integrate Nearpod. Um, I can say from someone who has that, that experience with it, I think it is a platform that will help teachers kind of take back that, um, that, that, that role of a facilitator in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And in a way and, where it's empowering for them where they're not like, how am I gonna go? Where do I go to get a, a VR tour? What does that even mean? Mm -hmm. Now, how do I put it in a lesson? Now I've got another tab. Oh, it's just right here. Just either click and download an existing lesson and it's all done or click and add it right within the platform to something you already have and you never have to leave Nearpod to do it. Right. And that's a good thing. I did, I saw the little uh, safe search where they can actually go on. You built into where we can actually have the kids go into the search right there. And that's the only thing that they do right then. And I love that, like that, that tool alone kind of helps things, especially with these random scrollers that right. we have. <laughs> Same with the ability to, we have YouTube video that gets pulled in through the platform. And so all of those related, or I say not so related ad, you know, um, videos that are pulling up or that automatically play, that's a real concern, you know, and even if you're just showing it on a single screen as a teacher, you're, you're just wanting to show them a, a video to help illustrate your concept, but there's a lot of factors. Um, and so we've stripped those away so that you can click at a video, search and pull in from YouTube as you're planning, just right within the platform. And then you know that it's appropriate to be showing mm -hmm. and there's not all those distractors around it. So absolutely perfect perfect all right. all right so 
for those people that want to connect with you, Lindsay, learn more about Nearpod, what are the best ways for them to do that? Well, first of all, follow us on Twitter and Instagram um, at Nearpod, Nearpod Official. And um, we are constantly posting so many fun tips, tricks, freebies, uh, webinars. Amber runs our social media and she is fantastic. She does Twitter chats weekly, webinars weekly. We're all about just sharing so that people are not reinventing the wheel and so that everyone feels empowered. Um, so I would really say follow us on social and um, that's going to give you sort of those daily doses of fun stuff, inspiration, quick tips, and then if you're interested, it will tell you how to connect on a little bit of a deeper level through things like our chats, blog posts, and webinars that we have very frequently. And also, I always say, follow us because we are constantly and very rapidly making changes, additions, and, and evolving in what we have to right. offer. Um, and, and honestly, the only way you know to, to keep up on that in the moment is just to check us out on, on social. Um, so that you're in the know as quickly as we know, <laughs> we can push it out to you. Absolutely. All right. Awesome. Will, anything, anything else you want to wrap up on? You want to give a little word on our way out of here? No, I just, I just want to just say thank you for, for taking this time and, and for spending this evening with us. Um, again, like I say, it, it was, it was, it was important to me because again, I'm trying to get a sneak peek into the mind of Nearpod as I integrated in my own classroom, but also to provide teachers with that opportunity of having this conversation that they can listen to and say, you know what, let me go ahead and try it and see. It's not as, you know, it may not be as bad as they say, or it may not be as bad as I think. So I just want to thank you for- Go and get a free account right now and start playing and, and without feeling like they got to wait on a school or a district or, you know, make this big decision. Just hop in, play around, explore the lesson library, for free, uh, you know, we want as many people to have access as possible. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank it's you. always great to talk to you and- Yes. Yeah. I think we get to see you in a few weeks, so that's pretty awesome too. Yes. <laughs> so excited. We, I will see you in Atlanta. I can't wait. Yes.